Okay, so I mean, I guess that's about as good as it's gonna get for my desktop because my actual desktop is kind of dirty right now. I gotta be honest. Oh, you don't want us to see your actual desktop? No, because I've got a bunch like, of random shit. You're not a folder guy. I, I saw usually, but right now I'm not. I just saw a file, which is my thesis from like six years ago. It was on my desktop. I was like, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> That's cool. How did you look at that? How'd again. that make you feel? Um, scared because I didn't want to open it. <laughs> I was like, "What oh, did like, I what do you in the past?" I'm nervous did. about the quality of my. Um, it's like, yeah, I guess actors who don't want to hear themselves act or see themselves act. I'm like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, do myself geophysics. <laughs> or hearing <laughs> I've mm-hmm. always hated that. I sound so much oh, more yeah. in my head than I do in real life. Totally. Yeah, I do. It's weird. Guys, I do too. I wish you guys could hear what I sound like to myself. <laughs> Same. I was thinking that the other day. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> well, maybe once uh, like Neuralink gets off the ground, then oh, yeah. it, we can just have thought waves transmitted via Bluetooth and Maybe you can even like choose how you want your voice to sound. Yeah, I wouldn't sound like your. I could choose any voice. I'd probably be, I don't know, maybe Morgan Freeman. I would change it depending on the mood that I was trying to convey. I always thought it'd be cool. (laughs) I always thought like you know colors. I was like, what if you perceive colors differently, and you never Uh knew? Like I guess it has wavelengths, so like you know whatever. But um, but your your mind in yeah, like say you interpreted it differently. Interpreting stuff like blue is actually blue everywhere. It's just like when people say like, "Oh, reds are more aggressive." Like people who don't think reds are aggressive are actually seeing a different color in their head, or like green or something. But really, like red always means aggression or something. I don't know. Or are you high? Are you high? No, no. (laughs) Hey, you guys brought up the subject matter. This is just. Things I've thought a lot about. No, I, mean, I, think, <laughs> no. I think Josh. I don't think you're high. Has yeah. been on taking shrooms. I'm going to say. Oops. I think it's that Houston, Houston chaos, baby, dude. I know it's, it's getting to your head, man. At work, I had calls where literally everyone I've worked with has had power outages except for me, um, or they've been wow. on vacation. So like they came back from vacation and, Dang. Um, yeah. My cousin's been living in a hotel for the last, like, four days. In Houston? Wow. He lives in San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We we lost our water. Water. um, No, that's... For today. But it's back. But it's, like, the color of well-hydrated urine. Um, So I haven't showered. That's why I'm wearing this beanie. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I showered, so I've now worked out twice without showering in the same, the same body, which doesn't feel right. But uh, nice. you know what, Wayne? I think, I think you have a meme related right. to this. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yes, I, do. I do. Yes. Give me one. We didn't second. plan it. I mean, nice we didn't plan this ahead of time. Yeah, it's just. I mean, so we're, we're gonna let's let's make this into a segment. We're gonna call it meme of the day. And meme of the oh, day. Man. And I will subscribe to our daily uh, mail. 
Okay. It's physical mail. Are you guys seeing that? You see it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So basically, I got you guys can all read it, but uh, it's basically people Texas. Because of the power outages, I have canceled Uh, my vacation to Cancun. I shall not leave while so many are still without power. Hey, you, get that soul drum out of the um, Senate office. So basically, <laughs> the story behind that is Ted Cruz was, was sighted on a plane and in the airport uh, going to Cancun. And people were like, what the heck? Why is he going to Cancun whenever people are literally freezing to death and no one has power? Huge state of emergency in Texas. Way worse than it is in Oklahoma. And he didn't want to admit that he left. So he tried to just not answer or say anything. But people kept asking him. So he finally admitted that he's on his, like, the next flight back. So, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's or really is he? <laughs> Yeah. I'm hearing that he's on, on the next flight back. When did, when did this break, the news about Ted Cruz? I heard about it um, today. I heard about I today too. Yesterday, I think. Okay. Really paying attention, found out about it yesterday. The reason and, I ask is, uh, John Oliver did a segment last week, um, with like a, like thirty seconds on Ted Cruz, and his quote was, "Dead eyes, empty hearts, Ted Cruz." Mm. <laughs> like uh, um, Texas Forever. Oh man, Texas Forever, like uh, Friday Night Lights. Dude, you, have you guys seen Friday Night Lights? The what is? Movie? Hold on, I'm like I'm like three steps behind. What is Texas okay. Forever? All right, y'all need to watch this uh, TV series. It's called Friday Night Lights. All of it, of it is great. Yep, uh, it, uh, it was popular for a little bit. Um, there was one really bad season where that was during the writers' strike, so things don't really make sense in that season with the rest of the series, but. Um, it's like they don't do anything like groundbreaking. It's all like normal drama okay. you'd see in the show like that. How do they, they do it? How do they do plumbing then? Plumbing. If you can't break the ground, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. That I'm sorry. Is... Uh, I've heard of it. Uh, what's the Texas Forever bit? Um, one of their uh, so one of their sayings is uh, "clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose." Because they're a football oh. team, that's what they say before a game. Um, and the two main characters, they just, just one of their sayings. They go Texas forever, Texas forever. Wow. But, okay. Anyway, so, so I assume I assume that the Friday Night Lights are in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. So Friday Night Lights is a reference to um, reference to basketball. Basketball. Oh, right, high right. Basketball. In high um, school, football games are played generally on Fridays. Right, so right, yeah, night yeah. Night. So high school football Dude, I, games. Obviously, I'm a guy who went to a lot of football games. Uh, of course, you did. I was in the band, <laughs> so I had to. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I went to all my high school football games. We saw. Uh, remember Ryan? He's in the Sheckler. No. Oh. OU. Ryan. I forget. Never mind. He's a anyway, big famous guy. Yeah, big famous guy. I think he was retired now, um, but. The saying in Friday Night Lights is clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. And then John Oliver goes, dead eyes, empty hearts, 
Ted Cruz. <laughs> now I get it. Good. He, Good. I mean, he was just like, I'm, I don't like being cold. Forget these I know. poor people over here. I'm gonna... Maybe maybe this is shallow, but I think Cancun is kind of a, a basic vacation destination. Is that bad to say? It's, fair. I, it's kind of I've basic. There, so I, yeah, I haven't been there. Dude, if someone if I could go to Cancun right now, I would go. So yeah, I would too. Only real reason I'm hating on Ted Cruz is because he was trying to duck duck on it. He should have just been like, "Yeah, I win." Yeah. Oh, you know what? Anyone would fault him? Uh, no, I mean let let's be honest. Uh, he already had the trip planned. I don't know how much vacation time you get. Is the Senate in recess right now? Is that the yeah. idea? So that's why he's on vacation. Basically, anyone in Congress gets like a crap ton of vacation time. Oh, okay. Dumb amounts. Like, I'm talking, I haven't had that much actual vacation time since I was in, like, high school. (laughs) Wow. Trump, like, golf, like, every other day, something like that? Like, some ridiculous Yeah. I need to get in the government so I can have some time off. Like, I know. (laughs) My dad had off President's Day. I was pretty jealous. Um, Which, that's a weird holiday, because... I mean, let's be frank. If you become president, you're going to get all the press and acknowledgement that you need. And I don't think when you lump them all together, what difference does it make? You're only going to think about the presidents in recent memory. You're not going to reflect on contributions of Franklin Pierce. Uh, so it's like, what's the point? So just do they do they just want to have another federal holiday? Um, yes. Oh, non sequitur. Ted Cruz will actually uh, he's relevant to a topic that we'll talk about a little bit later. So keep that in mind, Ted Cruz. Um, he's also very, man. He, he, so I know for a fact, he's a very smart guy. Went to a great law school, editor of the law journal. He was like kind of one of those savant law guys, but for someone that intelligent, he's just, he makes a lot of blunders. Um, so I guess the, the what's wrong with this is that he didn't come back it's not that he didn't come back. It's more so that people were saying, asking, hey, where's Ted Cruz at? Is he here? Mm-hmm. We need, you know, leadership and blah, 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 blah. And his office, no one was answering. Oh, just oh they didn't Oh, anything. they didn't want it to come out. They didn't want to say anything about it. I, I My theory is they were <laughs> wanting to just say something along the lines. Like, if he could get on a flight back and they could just stall for a however many hours it takes to go from Cancun to <laughs> Texas or wherever he needs yeah. to go. It's like three. <laughs> That's it? I, I, yeah, so I think the big problem was he couldn't get a flight for a long time or something. Uh, for whatever reason. Like, the weather was messing up flights, so he couldn't get back. So they finally, after like a day or so, were finally like, all right, he's he's in Texas. I mean, he's in Cancun. Yeah. <laughs> when they would have well, said, yeah. no, he's in Texas. He's not in Cancun. Yeah. No. But he's taking a nap, and he he naps about three hours. So he'll come talk to you then. Josh, is is Ted Cruz beloved by Texans? Um, you know, I'm not asking for your personal political opinions, but do they do they like him? I think outside of Dallas, Austin, Houston, and San Antonio, <laughs> they like him. Okay, and then like maybe half in those cities. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like an Amarillan pro Ted Cruz, more Probably. likely than not. Probably that's cool. Yeah. Um. So Pretty really, Ted Texas. Cruz just, yeah, yeah. 
So Ted Cruz really just, I mean, it was just kind of unfortunate. Uh, I mean, uh, and then maybe like his team didn't handle it very well. Is that the idea? I think if you were a good leader, you wouldn't have gone though. Oh, you don't take if, vac- no days off, right? No I mean, days off. No, you take days off, but I don't think, I honestly don't think I would have gone. I don't think you would have gone. I don't think Josh would have gone. I don't think most normal people who even care a little bit would have gone. I might have gone. Like, not gonna lie. I can go to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you, I don't think you would have actually gone. I, you probably would think I can go to Cancun anytime I want. But I planned yeah. it with my family for the past. Like I was in Congress, we just like fought the Democrats on this thing and we lost. You know, I need a break, <laughs> man. I'm going to Cancun. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, I'll just own up to it right away and be like, "Yeah, I was tired and I wanted to go to Cancun." Yeah, I'd be but like, I'm already trying to come back. Right. You have to yeah. make it seem like you're already on your way back. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, Josh, your wife took a vacation during terrible rolling blackouts and ice storms. That seems like a weird coincidence, if you don't mind me divulging that information. Before I was going to say the day before the ice storm hit, um, they went to Florida. Hmm. Do I need to bleep her name? I mean, what are we? Uh, I mean, what are our standards here? It's fine, I think. Um, okay, they're on the witch. He's married to witch Josh Hardesty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm you just kidding. Until you said the last name, it and says in the Zoom thing. Yeah, right. yeah. I know. Oh yeah, true. Or not we should probably podcast. take those off at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, okay. So, welcome to another episode of Heat That Moves. Um, and I had a shower thought earlier, uh, but I wasn't in the shower. We could call it hit him. HTM, hit him. I think that's a pretty good. Uh, hit him hardesty. Hit, hit him hardesty's corner. Whoa. Whoa. Hit him hardesty's corner. Or Dallas's. Yeah. Hit him hardesty's got that <laughs> alliteration, though. I like that. Hit him hardesty. Whoa. Okay. Uh, speaking of hit him hardesty, hit him hardesty has a little bit of a. Well, this podcast, first and foremost, is about life and business. And second, it's about whatever else we're going to talk about. Um, and one of those things we're going to talk about is Josh has a little cultural recommendation for us. So hit him hardesty. You want to tell us what you're about and why we should be about it, too? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been quarantined, obviously, like the rest of you. And, you know, I've kind of already used up all of my i've just gotten tired of like netflix and amazon like still good but just you know every once in a while i've just you know watched most things um mm-hmm. so i was looking for a new media to enjoy and i was like podcasts um and i thought i've always I mostly listened to like fiction um and i thought audible so i thought you know i need to get in, i wanted to get back um and to kind of expand my um just what I li- like listen to. So I got into fiction um, audiobooks using Audible. Um, and one guy I really liked, his name's Andrew Rowe, and he wrote a short story called How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps. Ooh, um, it's it was, kind of a fun yeah. title, isn't it? I'm going to find it on Audible. Yeah, right no, now. that's How cool. To... Wow. How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps? Hmm. Super simple. So you steps. said? Yep. Yeah. Oh. 10 super it sounds like an anime name 
so I anime. Yeah, yeah. I used to not. I I went for about a a a lot of years um, because someone recommended or suggested that you know to just listen to or read and listen to fiction. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, nonfiction because non-fiction. You know, stuff that happens and you know you can learn from the past, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I thought that's dumb. I get like my creativity gets stimulated by by fiction a lot, so mm-hmm. I'm starting using or uh, reading fiction. Um, anyway, so listen to this audiobook, How to Defeat a Demon King, and it's about a girl who has found this magical um, a bag that you can put just anything you want to in, into it. Um, that's their that's their magic power. Um, people in this this universe, they you know have magic powers. You get a little like you could you know shoot fire, shoot ice. Hers is she can store stuff really well. Um, and yeah, yeah, right, right. And so it's about her. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it's looked down upon. Like normally oh, yeah. um, in that universe, they have like, a, you know, you're known as like the, uh, you essentially do the do the work of like a donkey. You just carry the, the bags <laughs> uh, for someone who's traveling or something. Uh, <laughs> Drug um, mule. I mean, that's yeah, a yeah. lot of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Um, so anyway, it's her and her journey on how she defeats this demon king. Uh, what really, what I really liked about it was um, after this, I would look into Andrew Rowe as an author, and he's written a couple trilogies um, that are all interconnected. So it was my entry into this world where he kind of built this um, magic system um, that was pretty interesting. I it, uh, people, if you read reviews by him, it was a common theme is that his magic system is just very thorough and he thought about how things should work um it was very interesting very detailed i definitely recommend it to anyone who's interested in some sort of like fantasy mm, non-visual um product all right wayne you like time. wayne you like nerdy stuff how does this sound to you it sounds pretty cool actually one more time what was the name of the what was the name of the author andrew rowe Andrew, Andrew and then R O W E. And was this uh, how did it defeat a demon king? Was that the first book in like that he wrote, or in if you read it in chronological order, what would be the first thing that you would read? Right. So that's interesting because if you read it in chronological order, it probably won't. It, it would make sense, but it kind of skips around because the uh, three trilogies happen in similar times. But like maybe one book will happen, another book will happen, and then the, the whoever's the main character will go back to the original, um, or whatever was in that first trilogy. Um, so they're kind of interconnected. The first trilogy he re- or the first book he wrote was a, or the first trilogy is called um, Forging Divinity, and the trilogy is The War of Broken Mirrors. I just finished the third one. Forging Divinity. So this is a good. I mean, this was your introduction to this universe and author. Having read more now, do you stand by this as the best introduction to this universe and this author? I think so. Uh, yeah. Having that short story, because most of his books are 15 plus hours, which was good for me. Oh, actually, I'm looking at this one. It's five and a half. Uh, I have one credit available. What do you think? Should I do it? It costs a credit. Um, oh, wait, should it be free? I think it was free when I got it. That's why I listened to it. <laughs> hey. Uh, oh, so you're saying it's not, so it's not worth a credit, but well, if you well, <laughs> just five hours, 
I guess it's one. It's like all contained yeah. into one, so it might be worth it. So tip on Audible. Um, also Amazon, if you want to sponsor our podcast, you know. Actually, you know. yeah, we're, we're talking about apps. I have an app that I actually really love, and I think you guys should check out. It's called Libby. L-I-B-Y. Libby. So if you have... Sounds a little political to me. It's not. I know I'm a super political dude, but this is not political. Okay. <laughs> so Libby is an app where if you have a library card, you put your library card into the app, like the number, library card number, and then it allows you to check out books. And that includes, that's like book books. So you can read them on your iPad or your phone or whatever. And then also audio books. Mm. And you can, that's amazing. I want to say you could probably like rent at least three, maybe three to 10. I'm actually not sure. I've only really done three at one time personally, but you rent. The only problem I have with it is you rent things for a week. Mm -hmm. And if anyone else is waiting to like check it out, then if you don't read it or listen to it in that week, then you have to give it up and you have to like check it out again when they're done with it. Whoa. That's the only real catch to it, but I love it. And if you find a good book that no one else is like trying to get, you can extend. Cool. So it's it's That's really cool. And you get awesome. access to a lot of stuff. So I've listened to quite a few pretty good books and I've read Libby. it few as well on Libby. So All right. check that out. That's a twofer. That's fascinating that only one person, it's almost like they buy licenses. Uh, I think that's what happens. The library That's crazy. And I think usually the, it's not the only one person can check it out. There will probably be about three copies of each thing. Mm -hmm. And so if more than three people want that particular book, then you'll have to just wait in line for it. Wow. And, you know, I, uh, I owe the library a lot of money. I wonder if that will be an issue. Uh, well, using Libby, so. uh, I'm installing it. I'm letting yeah. Face ID. So just wow. FYI, that's funny. No, you just made me think of a, a Seinfeld episode I just watched like three days ago, where he which one? <laughs> it's the one with uh the he he had that book that he thought he turned back in. Like oh yeah, book, Bookman. You have the librarian yeah, named Bookman. <laughs> I just saw that probably uh, three or four days ago. Uh, <laughs> Fred Trevor. Wow, that's a third recommendation. Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say another cultural recommendation. Um, three. Do you have Audible? Yes. Did you know you can return your credits? Well, you can return no. a book and get a different credit. They limit no. you. You only can do it like 10 times and they stop you for like a month. But yeah. <gasps> I know. That's I know. That's cool. So if I have books, yeah. I can go in. And, what if I no longer have my, I'm no longer paying them for more credits every month? Does that affect? I think you have to have it. It has to be like, um, okay. you have to have the service. But then if you do, you can return your books. Uh, I just did it. I, yeah, I had yeah. started that book, uh, Innovator's Dilemma, because it mm -hmm. sounded like something I ought to read. And then it was incredibly boring. And I was like right. 30 minutes into yeah. it. You just got me a credit back. As a result, I'm going to go ahead and get your How to Defeat a Demon King in 10 Easy Steps. Wow. Next week, we could have an update if you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I will start a book club. 
Ooh. Audiobook Club. That'll be the second podcast Probably. on the channel. Audiobook Club. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a local band in Oklahoma City. That's Audiobook cool. Club. So there might be some consumer confusion on. Well, we can come uh, up with another name, or we can. Yeah. See. I mean, if they want to sponsor this podcast as well. Ooh, and they could perform, and they could. Yeah. Okay. Dude, we'll talk about cool. this off air. Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. a pretty great idea. Um. Wow. Well, hit them hardesty and hit them Dallas. Uh, yeah, great recommendations. It does sound better. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, and really... it's weird. It's weird <laughs> if you have the same if you have the same format of. Uh, I mean, we can go with it. I'm not going to tell you no, but you know, it's kind of weird to have the same format nickname for both of you all. Uh, but we'll we'll find you one, Wayne. Uh, yeah, di- it'll happen. Ditchum Dallas. No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, di- <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. We can. We can. Well, I'll fast forward the five minutes where we sit here brainstorming. Uh, <laughs> name. That sounds good. In fact, we uh, move on to the to the meat. I mean, main course. Yes, the main course. What uh, what are we talking about today, Wayne? In the main course, we are talking about. Well, we're, we picked out a few different social media platforms to just discuss really quick. Mm. um so josh is going to talk about linkedin and clubhouse Mm. very excited to hear about clubhouse i actually joined today wait you joined Uh, how'd you join i I joined how'd you how'd you get a code uh i don't know i tried to just i tried to join and there was a friend of mine that already i guess invited me i don't know i got in really quick and he's whoa i need help yeah yeah i definitely need help (laughs) I'm going to talk friends. a little bit about Instagram, and then Trevor's going to talk about his favorite pastime, OnlyFans. It's not, it's not right. Um, I, <laughs> now I have to say disclaimers in my segment. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of, I mean, I'm just curious, like, you hear these words, LinkedIn, Instagram. I don't know what they are, so it sounds pretty cool. Uh, you picked the right podcast to listen to, my friend. Yeah, I'll watch this one. Cool, Ah, all right, uh, LinkedIn. All right, LinkedIn. Okay, so LinkedIn, it is a. It's interesting. It, it's grouped. Sorry, this is kind of uh, off the top of my head. Um, grouped with all the other social media platforms because it kind of mm-hmm. has evolved into a social media platform, but I don't think it was always probably viewed as one. Um, hmm. kind of a way to, I guess it would be because you're connecting with other professionals. But um, I guess in the beginning it was very limited. Uh, like you want to connect with certain people and keep your life very narrow in that mm-hmm. uh, platform. Um, but yeah, so LinkedIn is for professionals. Um, you can connect to you know who you work with, who you don't work with. Um, but the privacy is pretty high. Like you have to, the person has to accept the the request for you to do things like message people or um, look at their profile. And the app tells you when someone looks at your profile or uh, messages you or whatever, it's very friendly to the user. Um, What surprised me when I was researching this was that LinkedIn doesn't make, it doesn't make a lot of its money from, you know, users. It makes most of its money from recruiters. So, Mm. 
the LinkedIn now, like originally may have been just a platform for professionals. The LinkedIn now is a basically a platform built for recruiters to hire talent. Um, and that's how they, that's how LinkedIn makes most of its money. Over two thirds of its money come from um, this recruiting side of the platform. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of cool because LinkedIn, you can also there's levels to as a user to how much you can see. So if you want to message anyone, you have to pay for that, um, and it's a subscription. So the LinkedIn is making money off of the users, um, and you get other information like you know who more detail about who's doing your pro profile like maybe it is a recruiter and you look for a job um that could be useful information to you it's also making money through since it is a social media platform advertisers so you'll see advertisements for you know schools i don't know programs classes um products but most of its money comes from the other end the recruitment side where when someone gets hired through linkedin that recruiter has to pay linkedin a certain percentage um yeah. and that's what it's grown to be and you guys can imagine the more recruiters on it, the more originally, I guess, the more people on it attracted more recruiters, but the more recruiters attracted more people looking for jobs and just grew mm -hmm. um, together, which is kind of in contrast to other job sites like Indeed and Monster and ZipRecruiter. They don't have the social media aspect, so it's just for um, a user and recruiter, not this user to user effects. Cool. Uh that, so one thing that's interesting from what you said, uh, so it seems like if most of their money comes from recruiters, when you have, you, they would probably have the most revenue when you have relatively low unemployment, right? Or I wonder, right? So if unemployment's low, that means uh, uh, employees are scarce. So I wonder if that, if they see an influx of recruiters, yeah. an influx of revenue when employment goes down. So I wonder if it moves opposite to the unemployment rate. Does that make sense? Yeah, possibly. Or, or if it's like when unemployment's high. I would say when un unemployment's high, it would probably. Yeah. Eh, yeah, you're I, right. I don't know. I can um, see it going either way. Because no, I think you might be right, Wayne. It just depends on, I guess, how like exactly how they monetize and if it's affected at all by, you know, demand of like if recruiters aren't really in demand like demanding a lot of people to hire then they might not be willing to pay as much yeah so uh, josh what's your what's your linkedin password and username um wait the wait, fish. wait yep you're right down uh <laughs> yeah josh underscore hardesty at uh -huh. um the heat that moves.com and oh, okay uh, uh password the fish uh huh 40517 cool Thanks. Yeah, cool. No problem. I'm gonna, that way I don't have to pay for it myself, uh, but right, I could still right. use it. That totally. sounds pretty nice. Last thing um, I'll mention is that uh, Microsoft bought LinkedIn in 2018. forgot to mention that. Um, so now you have Microsoft behind all LinkedIn stuff. Cool. Have, have any of you guys, you paid for LinkedIn? Have you paid for it? I have in the past. I'm not paying for it now, but I kind of think maybe I should. Because mm. they do a very good job of making you curious. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> they'll be like, man, you know, twelve people looked at your profile this week, and they'll show they'll show you like two people, but it's people that they know you don't care looked at your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be like your teacher and 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 your cousin, 
looked at your profile. <laughs> uh, who are the other yeah. 10 people that looked at it? Because that's probably the people that I would want to know about. Right. That's, yeah. I, mean, I pay for it. That's a big reason why, just to know yeah. who looks at my profile. Um, <laughs> it also totally. I just quit last job. month. Yeah, it does. Those yeah. stats are pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I, I would say this. Uh, I know over the past year or so, all three of us have spent a lot of time job hunting. Uh, I mean, between, I'd say from the from the beginning of 2020 to now, I I applied for 186 jobs, and I would say that 175 of them I found on LinkedIn, just because it I feel like its recommendation algorithm was so much better than Indeed, Monster, anything else. Yeah. yeah yeah i'd say the yeah the data they have is uh aside from their users the data they have is the um, second biggest asset they have and a big thing for yeah. me that's been really interesting uh, that i think is really interesting and helpful is the fact that it's a social network where people put where they work so if you're connected to someone like let's say that you want to apply to a job at the heat that moves.com or the heat mm-hmm. that moves you mm-hmm. if you're friends with one of us and you see the job posting you can see the job posting and then you can look up if you know anyone there mm-hmm. at, in the same place mm-hmm. and then you can just shoot a message even on the same platform to someone that you know trying to get your foot in the door like hey can you make sure this gets some gets past the you know whatever algorithms they use to filter people out because I, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I honestly think that's the hardest part about getting a job, generally speaking, is just getting through, getting to where someone actually looks at what you look at, looks at your resume. Because generally speaking, mm-hmm. no one actually ever looks at it. So mm-hmm. the fact that you can do all of that in one place, to me, is why LinkedIn is such a good place to look. And I'm glad, glad when you mentioned that um, we are taking interns. If you want to work at the heat that moves, um, we need a website and then I don't know, other interns. Yes. Yeah. We non-paid. need, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't say non-paid. I right, mean, right, we're right. paying Sorry. experience, right? right? And, we're paying experience. So it's a very, job. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm about to move. And so there's a lot of stuff I'd like to get rid of. That's of value non-zero value non-trivial value so i mean really hmm. i mean it, it's not paid in the traditional sense but it's it, it pays in a lot of other ways uh i have i've I, I think i've always wanted an intern uh where i work right now well i will work for two more one more day uh we have some high school students that come in and are interns because there's this local high school that uh really cool it's like a work study high school and so it's a private school but the tuition is paid by the businesses that are essentially paying for these interns um and one the cost the cost benefit smart the cost benefit i mean you're paying a lot for an intern way more than i got paid doing some internships and two it's really hard to talk to high school kids um for me so i'd like to have an intern that maybe is not in high school if i can put that out there so maybe if we can kind of like anyone's in high school filter them out College would be good, right, right. you know. Yeah, even college interns, like even not college. I just say maybe over eighteen, uh, in a non creepy okay. way. Yeah. Well, on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, you could probably filter by that. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I was wondering what types of jobs are on LinkedIn. It is all kinds of jobs. Like even you know, 
if you want to be a cashier at um you know the gas station on the road they have a linkedin probably have a linkedin i mean it's like uh, a, oh yeah man like but, you can yeah. even get a job as a stripper on linkedin it's <laughs> i've not done that search it probably is don't ask search me why i know like okay. results but yeah. yeah your algorithm would be like wow things are desperate in texas <laughs> uh, josh is <laughs> Just going a different direction, <laughs> and just imagine on ads you could target, you know, um, hot people, right? <laughs> or if you wanted to just target people with the title senior director of whatever, you can do that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could actually probably, if you're trying to fill in an exotic dancer position, figure out what's the last job that exotic dancers have before they become exotic dancers, and maybe target that. So I don't know, like, what's what do you think the last job exotic dancers have before they become exotic dancers? My Often. money's on waitress. Waitress, okay, or yeah. waiter, or waiter. wait, yeah. wait, Could staff be. person, or server, bartender, maybe, yeah, bartender, server, Good bartender. You might not switch out because some. I mean, well, it depends on how much you make, but they can make good mm. money. I guess I server, and if you like too, to but... drink, yeah, it's right there. You make a lot of money if you're, you know. Good. For some reason, school teacher popped into my head, but I don't think that's right. I was going to say a school teacher <laughs> because I did have a school teacher who also worked at the strip club down the in our town. How did you know that? Um, you lived in a pretty big city. Yeah, Fair yeah. Uh, well, that was the rumor, um, and uh, I believe really, I wanted to believe good, it. But the job. second second story is my geometry teacher was on their Facebook page. Because he went to the strip club and they took a picture of him. <laughs> oh, oh, come I mean, you on! Know, since we're talking about strip clubs, he likes those angles. I have a story, right? A random story. Uh, so this is purely social media, actually, kind of story. So I had a friend that um, I knew through college. Like we were friends in college. She was a cute girl and everything. So she went to someone else's like bachelorette party at like a male strip club, right? And then mm -hmm. she posted like someone posted a bunch of pictures from like the whole the that whole thing, and she was tagging one, and it was in my feed. <laughs> I, I had to message her, and I, I mess okay. And actually, she's a teacher. I think she teaches hmm. first grade, maybe. Oh no! And so <laughs> I I had to I messaged her, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know that you're tagged in a picture with a male stripper." And his private parts are just sitting on your stomach, and I can see it. Oh my gosh! And she wrote me back, and she's like, "Oh my god, thank you so much. I didn't know." <laughs> and she deleted. Wow, that's a good. It was story. super yeah, awkward, but I felt like I needed to tell her because I was like, I don't knowing her, I, she wouldn't put that on herself. Someone tagged her. Someone actually tagged her in yeah. a picture. Uh, I was like, uh, I think you should know. Who would do that? Well, if she listened to our podcast from last week, she would know to Google your, Google yourself. Yeah. Before, I mean, yeah, periodically. See what's out there. Come on. I had. Uh, no, nah, never mind. Um, uh, I like LinkedIn. I'd say it's like my maybe my first, second most used social media app. But when I was looking for a job, and I'm going to be a little vulnerable here. I had to limit it because when I would get on there and I spent a lot of time looking for a job when I would get on there and I would see people at really 
getting really cool new positions, it would make me be like even more frustrated and feel bad about myself. So I had the, I kind of noticed that I would do that thing where it's like check LinkedIn, but I, I'm not using it to search for jobs. I'm just using it to browse the feed. And I see that somebody I know got a great new job. And then I'm like, man, I can't find a job I want. And then I was just kind of like uh, self-esteem spiral from there. So I really had to, um, in the pandemic, kind of watch myself. I hope that's not too vulnerable to say, but um, I've gotten a little bit better now. No, I think, uh, yeah, I had to start training. I, was, I, was, I thought I was training my LinkedIn algorithm to not show me things about people with new jobs. One, because if they're new to that job, they probably can't get me a job. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see that shit. Um, and number two, <laughs> it just made me feel bad about myself. So I also didn't want to see that shit. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a great, that's smart. That, that should be a button. I think. Uh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear <laughs> yeah. from my friend's recent success anymore. <laughs> Just, totally. It's like if it could somehow parse out, you can hear about new jobs where it's not impressive. But if it's impressive, <laughs> new, I don't want to hear about it. We need to get some people <laughs> on that. I'm, I'm going to write a letter to LinkedIn tomorrow, an email, to say, hey, stop making me jealous of people getting great jobs. Please. Or, hey, we'll I have put a that great in the idea. Pay me, pay me for it. <laughs> Or something. Yeah. Ooh, that's good, and will happen. Josh, you've got another app you're gonna talk to us about, Club Sandwich. Yeah, Club Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so Clubhouse is an invite-only audio app. So I was not cool enough to get invited originally, but since Wayne <laughs> is now on the platform, I hopefully will get you know the, to be able to experience Clubhouse for myself. Anyway, you will see how this goes. All these walls. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Clubhouse is an audio first app. Um, what I understand, it's basically a bunch of chat rooms that are hosted by whoever's you know the who who started the chat room. So you you can go into any of the chat rooms and talk to whoever. Um, but it got a lot of press because. Originally, it was invite only, and they only invited people who were more well known. So you got your Elon Musk's, your um, Anyes. Um, I don't know. I just saw an article about that recently, so that's what I thought about. Um, but yeah, I guess got a lot of press in my LinkedIn and um, on my news feeds. So I haven't used it. Look forward to using it. Um, seems pretty popular. So at least it has a lot of um, users. Um, yeah. I wonder, so, so I wonder, I mean, a couple of things that come to mind. One, uh, how, how, how can you have that many people all trying to talk at the same time? Well, I can give you, so I spent probably about 30 minutes on it, like actually in chat rooms or whatever you want to call them. And so I can give you a little bit about my experience. So there's so there's two different classes of people in in whatever chat room you go into. So there's the audience and then there's like the participants. Uh, I haven't figured out yet how you become a, a participant without starting your own room. But um, probably an invite to, from a Yeah, or you could start your own room or I don't know, there's ways that you can get involved. I just haven't figured it out yet cuz I I just downloaded it probably around three o'clock and 
didn't spend a lot of time on it because I, I had other things to do. But um, it was cool. So I think there's probably about nine people from what I can remember that have the ability to talk. And so there will be different ones for different subjects. And you can, it, so when you first open it up and it asks you about what types of things you're interested in. What do you want to talk about? Like, do you want to talk about mm-hmm. sports? Do you want to talk about music? Do you want to talk about politics? Do you want to talk about coding, engineering, MBA, business, stock market, whatever? And what's really cool about it, like, I actually think that it's a great idea because like, there, I, I added things like space. Like, I added space. For whatever reason, I, I've always liked space. Like so, yeah, I don't like it's it. something I've always been interested in, like watching, you know, documentary docu series about like by Neil deGrasse Tyson, where he talks about the stars and stuff. So they have things like literally like NASA scientists discussing different random things in a room, and ran and normal people can just sit around listening to it, and some of some people can even participate. So it's, I think it's really cool because it's a great way to express your, like, hear other people's thoughts and especially thought leaders, but also express yourself in a way that I think is more free. Because mm-hmm. when you tweet something, it's, I, I don't know, I think that it's a little bit more permanent than just saying something, unless someone's actually recording you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, because my first thought when you were saying that, Wayne, was that, well, I can listen to a podcast and hear thought leaders talk to each other. So, you're saying that because it's not recorded, because it's temporary, the the conversation is more candid. Yeah, the conversations are more candid, and and another thing that I think is great about it is, I, I've actually I did a little bit of research on on it as well and just because i was curious about it and a lot of people are attacking it saying that people are saying crazy things on there but from what i've heard it seems like if someone says something too crazy there's a good chance there's going to be someone else that's going to call them on it and fact Mm. check them in the moment instead of it being Mm. you know you tweet something and it gets all these people retweeted it's been retweeted like 400,000 times, right? But it's completely mm-hmm. wrong. Even if you call the person out on it and they, you know, might admit, admit okay, that's not true. They tweet, oh, I was wrong when I said this. That's going to mm-hmm. get like 2,000 retweets. So sure. the damage is really already done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But on this, someone says something, people have the opportunity to challenge them on their thinking. So I think it's great because it's, it's, it's an avenue to allow people to actually talk because I, I've never been a person about censorship. I think people should be able to, you know, say what they want as long as they're willing to, you know, have that discussion. And mm-hmm. this, I think from the about 30 minutes I spent like listening in on different conversations, it seems like that's what happens. Okay. Because in the conversation I was listening in on uh, there was one person who was calling out Andrew Cuomo for some mm-hmm. stuff. 
And then there's another person that was defending them and they were arguing back and forth about it. And it, to me, it was way better than virtually anything else I've heard as far as getting both sides of a story. Because generally people, like, if you listen to the news or whatever, a lot of it's scripted and you're not necessarily going to get two sides of a story on one channel. But I see. What prevents there from being this just like, say, uh, conspiracy theory pockets that remain unchallenged? Um, do you, you know what I mean? Like if Parler was this echo chamber of alt-right conspiracy thought, what prevents clubhouses or clubhouse rooms from falling prey to the same? I mean, so for that, there's, I'll, I'll be honest, if you were able to get a bunch of people in a, a clubhouse chat room mm-hmm. that all were QAnon people mm-hmm. and no one was allowed in that wasn't, yeah, you probably have something like that. But the great thing about it is it would be confined to the people that are in that room. I see. Whereas if it was Facebook, it's going to reach probably millions of people. And there's gotcha. actually Facebook, Twitter, all that. They, they actually have algorithms that are trying to figure out how to best keep you hooked, how to best get you to keep going sure. back to the site. So if they think right. that there's a chance that you would be susceptible to QAnon or to name the conspiracy, I don't want to just focus on them. Uh, there's a lot of different ones. So Cool. And, well, uh, I hope I hope you could share it with us. Wayne, maybe All right, uh, we'll see. I'm thinking about it. I feel like I have power right now. <laughs> yeah, I tried. You should auction off some invites. Yeah, I'll sell them. One I would pay me in in stock market. Everybody's taking a beating. <laughs> I get like two games. I'll give two games stop. No, I won't. Never mind. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm this close to rage quitting the stock market. Like, I've actually actually pulled out, like, half of my investments. I was like, man, forget these stocks. I, uh, we dog sat, and we got paid pretty well. And so my half of it, I put directly into my favorite ETF. And then the stock market just proceeded to go down every day this week. And it was bad timing. Uh, But you know what? It'll go up eventually. It'll be okay. Um, Wayne, I know you're going to talk to us now about Pinterest. That's our next topic. Pinterest. No, a lot of great recipes. Pinterest. It's uh, Instagram. Okay. Uh, hold on. What is it? It's Instagram. Oh, you're going to check Instagram? That's yeah, it's Instagram. Go to Pinterest. Yeah. No Ooh. one did Pinterest. That would have been a good one, though. I'm just right, kidding. So Come on. So, Instagram is basically uh, it's a social media platform that was founded in 2010. It started out as purely an iOS app, so it was only on iPhones. And it was bought in 2012 by Facebook. So, man, Facebook owns everything. Uh, What it's really about, it's mostly focused on uh, images and video. It started off just focused on images, and then they integrated video into it as well. And the main reason, way that they make money, the the main way that they're monetized is through advertisements, which I kind of knew, but it's actually pretty impressive, like 
how they do everything that they do. Um, one thing that I found out that was really interesting was that about 70, 70% of uh, people on there actually say that they use it for pro- what's called product discovery. So they, based on the people they follow and the brands they follow and all of that on there, they're actually looking to find ideas for things to purchase, which mm. means that advertisements on there are very effective, especially when it comes to things like fashion and like fashion, gadgets, whatever. It notices what kind of things you like and what kind of things you follow. And then it recommends you know, it'll, it'll give you advertisements based on that. And, and they have a very high um, success rate as far as like converting ads on there. It's actually higher than on Facebook, converting mm-hmm. ads to actual like purchases and click throughs, very high. Um, another big thing about it is it's a very, they have a very young audience. Um, mostly teenagers and young adults, which is a very um, attractive demographic. And it's also global. About 89% of Instagram's users are outside the United States, which is something that really surprised me. I knew that they had, you know, international people on there, but I assumed that the United States would be at least 40%. 50 percent something like that i don't i mean i had no reason to think think that other than i guess my american-centric viewpoint yeah this feels like it would be mostly american um let's see oh so it was bought for one billion dollars by facebook in 2012 by 2018 it had an estimated net I mean, an estimated worth of a hundred billion dollars so that was a pretty good investment Ooh. yeah it's, i mean it's really for me i think the big thing that made instagram cool was it came out i believe around the same time i'm kind of speaking out my ass right now i'm not sure this is true but i believe that it came out around the same time that Facebook started letting everybody join Facebook, <laughs> right? At least that's how I remember yeah. it. Because when I first got on Facebook, it was only like college students were on Facebook. Like college students were on, mm-hmm. on, on Facebook. And then it, they opened up to everyone. And I just remember all my friends were like, uh, my parents are trying to friend me on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. So I think that one of the big reasons why it exploded the way that it did was younger people were trying to find a new place to go where there weren't where their parents weren't you know yeah okay yeah so wayne i have a question (laughs) yes do Mm. you think the younger kids were going to a platform like instagram because it's um because like facebook it knows everything about you it tells you location like where you live um you like stuff it tells you what you like instagram you know it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit less it's only like videos images you know still location stuff um do you think younger people like it because it has less information about them or it's more Hmm. private Hmm. i mean i don't i don't feel like it's really more private um if anything i would say young people like it because old there's not as many older people on it 
and because they like <laughs> pictures and it focuses on pictures. Yeah, they can't read. Yeah. Um, I do know for a fact too that they uh, Facebook's knowledge repository on individuals, non-Facebook users or not, will also power ad service on Instagram. So it's almost like it's that that ad algorithm is inescapable. And that I mean that's stuff that gets sold to a lot of different advertisers, but since they own Instagram, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's crazy. Um I like Instagram a lot. I think it's my favorite social media platform. Um I think its discovery page has got really good recommendations mm-hmm. that are able to keep track of what I'm currently into. So it's like, oh, guitar pedals, oh, cycling, oh something else. Um I like it for that. And it's pretty simple. Um, you just, I like I, it's, I just, just waste time. I'm a lurker in general. I post a little bit on Instagram, um, but my mom now follows me too, which kind of took away a lot of the fun, but that didn't happen until like a year or two ago. But uh, it's not been the same since she started following me. Dude, that's why that's people weird. are moving to TikTok. I like TikTok too. Oh, somebody should talk about TikTok. Are you on TikTok? I love TikTok. Yo, Trevor told got, me. Josh? I, I'm not. I just remember a conversation we had, Trevor, when TikTok came out. And you're like, man, it's addictive. It's like they know yeah. what you want to see next. It's like you, yes. they know what video you want to see next. It just comes up. So It's see, amazing. When I, when I think TikTok, I think that's like my nephew's generation's thing. Yeah. That's kind of the way that, it, I don't know, that's how I feel about it. Like Everybody on there is like under 18. But don't you... Uh, Maybe this is just me, and it's a personal problem. But don't doesn't that make you curious? Like, what's going on? What's the next thing? Doesn't that make you curious? Uh, I mean, curious. yeah, but I, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of, I don't want to. I, I feel like I have too many things to distract me in my life, and hmm. I, I've also heard from a lot of people that TikTok is addictive. Yeah, and you'll sit on the toilet for like 15 minutes. I don't need another addictive social media thing to get into and mm. try to figure out and learn. I still don't really understand <laughs> Instagram terribly well. Like I, like I, that's the whole story about not knowing that people could see who all you follow. I, Tell us about anyway, that. Wait, yeah, what do you mean? What that, like you're talking about politicians and <laughs> like the yeah, CDC. So like, right? If you yeah. like follow some random like Instagram model because she's like oh, okay. attractive or whatever, or because you like her ideas. Yeah, because I, I she's just re- there. She's really smart and she has very good views on a lot of subjects. And I'm interested in what she has to say about things like policy yeah. or whatever. And yeah. but then I've realized that everyone that fo- that follows me can see who I follow. Mm-hmm. Or you can see like what I like and stuff, or what I—I I don't know. Like to me, I feel like would you write co- would you write comments to these Instagram models? Would you write <laughs> comments to them? No, no. You would just like it. I might would like it if it was. You should like, like it because they get paid more. Yeah, you know, I had a uh, there's a guy that I worked with briefly at a job I had a few years ago, and I didn't know him that well, but I knew who he was. And then one of my best friends who still works for that company said, Hey, look at this guy's Twitter. Cause Twitter has the same feature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this guy, it looked like he just spent all day liking pornography posts. 
and it looked like it had been years that he'd been liking pornography posts and no one had ever told him <laughs> and it was not vanilla stuff um, it was just it was just kind of shocking that somebody could go years liking explicit content which to bring things back to what we talked about during our cold open i mean the beginning of the show ted cruz do you all remember that news item ted cruz liked you... a pornography video on twitter i mean it's not about instagram, <laughs> I don't remember sorry, that. that's hilarious twitter, i mean twitter twitter allows <laughs> pornography we're talking about ted cruz oh it involved it was a, i knew it involved a gentleman and his stepmother i have a yeah. funny story really quick so when i was in the air force about how you know that okay yeah this is how <laughs> i know that, that like you can actually find like porn on twitter so when i was yeah. in the air force like there were uh the computers are they're very secure so there's a lot of things you can't do right you can't you can't do anything when it comes to uh fantasy football which was terrible that's hilarious uh, that was there's specified. a lot of websites you just can't go to right yeah and i just remember one day this dude was like watching basically porn on like a government computer and i was like what first off, i was like what the hell are you doing yeah and then i was like how are you even doing that like, I can't, i've been trying to you know change up trade my trade crypto for, yeah, yeah. Right, right, line up. I'm gonna try to change my lineup for my um for my fantasy football team like all yeah. day, and I can't do it because I didn't have I couldn't have my cell phone on me or whatever. Wait, Wayne, aren't you like the network guy? You're supposed to be able to like stop that from like happening. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't any of my business, really. <laughs> but yeah, so he was looking at that stuff on Twitter. Like he just fo- he knew who to follow on Twitter. And he would he would just sit around and randomly watch freaky videos. I was, I was like, "Wow, it's crazy!" I didn't even. Wow, at work he was getting at taxpayer work, dollars um, to watch pornography. <laughs> Back yeah. to your guy. Wayne. What was his name? No oh, comment. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I might try to hit him up for a job later. I actually just saw him. Like, <laughs> He's doing really well. <laughs> good for him trevor back to yeah. your guy um mm-hmm. and all this algorithm stuff maybe he was trying to train his algorithm he knew what he liked he wanted more of that so you just <laughs> do you think i part of me wondered and i i admire the brazenness of this if he knew that other people could see it and he just didn't care i admire that i I'm pretty Far sure he, some people are into that, I guess. He's like really smart, so I think he probably did his research first. Yeah. I yeah. could never do that. I that just uh well Ted Cruz is very smart and Ted Cruz did it and then they blamed it. They said he was hacked. Um see, got away with it. He's still a senator. Hacked. <laughs> That's, yeah. didn't go that yeah. way. So speaking of dirty stuff online, let's talk about your uh your hobby, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Fans only, which is now actually the largest online retailer of ceiling fans. And it was <laughs> actually, uh, it's called OnlyFans, and I'm sure you all have heard of it. And yes. what I'm not here to talk about is to condone or condemn sex work. But I think from a business perspective, as a platform, it's really fascinating because it's very different 
than other trends we've seen. So OnlyFans, I mean, it was started. Uh, let me read the Wikipedia page. I'm just kidding. Um, it was it, it was like I think probably five years ago that it began. And but like all these platforms, you know, your first few years, you're slowly building users, but eventually you hit this critical mass, and the growth becomes exponential. And that happened just a last year, and it was particularly exacerbated by the fact that the pandemic, people had a lot more free time to mm-hmm. devote towards online content. And it, it is worth saying that largely and historically, OnlyFans has been a platform for sex workers. And why it is different than other platforms is it is essentially, uh, unlike Twitter or Instagram, where you follow a particular person's feed, and that's free, and you're, what you pay is the ads you get exposed to. OnlyFans, you pay to be able to access someone's content. So if there's somebody's content that I want to see, I pay for it. But beyond that, they actually have the ability to offer tiered pricing, right? So for example, I might, uh, not me, I've actually never subscribed to OnlyFans or even been on there, kind of like Josh talking about Clubhouse. So Wayne, I'll let you tell us more from a firsthand perspective and just a minute, but... <laughs> do you need an invitation, Trevor? Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'll go on there. Um, yeah, well, I don't want to get into that. Um, but I haven't been on there, but I, because that's not what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the content. I'm interested in the platform, but, uh, largely sex workers. And that's how it grew. And when the pandemic hit, people had more time for pornography and, so, so say, for example, you go to somebody's profile and there's a $5 tier where you're going to get some lewd photos. Well, there's probably also a $20 tier with even more lewd photos and it scales up from there. Uh, and, and, and some of the, the folks that, you know, the suppliers of content, the content creators will even do custom content uh, or interact more directly with fans. But I think what's important about it is that it, you know, and that's not necessarily a new concept because you have platforms like Patreon that allow you to monetarily support people on a recurring basis. So like there's there's one well, there's one account that I pay $5 a month for for their content on Patreon because I get more of their content than what they release on Instagram. Um, and I want to support them. It's, yeah, it's not I'm pornography. Sure. It's this great yeah. show called All Gas, No Breaks. Okay. Um and he's essentially this young 20-something guy. Actually, he recently got a deal with to make a Comedy Central show under Tim Heidegger's production company, absolutely. But he's this early 20-something guy. He travels the country in an RV, and he visits the fringe groups of society. So you'll see content of him at uh, a UFO conference. You'll see, conference, you'll see videos of him talking to crazy drug addicts in Florida. You'll see content of him hmm. um, going to like, weird spiritual conferences or political rallies or he'll be talking to juggalos. Um, but he visits all the fringe groups of society. It's fantastic. So that's on Patreon. And I can see all his videos because I pay $5 a month and I want to support him. Um, but OnlyFans has really just been historically geared more towards sex workers. There's other people on there. Uh, I mean, like, for example, the comedian Donnell Rawlings, who got his start on Chappelle's show, who's a very funny comedian, he's on OnlyFans because one of the benefits that it offers is that 
you're 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 narrow casting it to paid subscribers and those are people that are not going to be offended by what you say and so kind of like we talked about uh, earlier with clubhouse you it, you feel a lot more freedom because the people that are going to be seeing your content are paying for it and who's going to pay for content that's just going to offend them so donna rollins uses it for that purpose you've also got now i mean a whole slew of now that it's blown up and become really famous a whole slew of celebrities that are trying to cash in on the next fad like for example dj khaled and fat joe uh have a joint only fans account and i don't think it's pornography because <laughs> i don't think people would want to pay to see that but i do think that this, well some people <laughs> uh some people would yeah we would. um but but it's it's inspirational bs you know what I mean? It's it's like DJ Khaled doing his thing. He's just got Fat Joe along for the ride. Uh, famously also, Bella Thorne. You all know who Bella Thorne is? Former Disney star and now turned actress who's trying to shed her Disney Channel star image by being very explicit. Bella Thorne. Uh, she was on OnlyFans. She announced that she's going to be on OnlyFans. She's got huge social media followings. Of course, does cosmetics and stuff like that. Mm. I think, um, uh, and she goes on OnlyFans and makes more money in a day and then in a week than any other content creator has. But she generated a tremendous amount of backlash because when she did so, the content she posted was not more explicit than what was on her Instagram. It was essentially just the same quality and character and caliber of content as her instagram and so she got this huge public backlash saying essentially and she made a million dollars in a day and two million dollars in a week which was more money than any other content creator had made um mm. she got a lot of backlash from the sex work community because they said you've come in purely just to cash in on your fame and you're essentially taking dollars out of people's pockets that would go to us and you didn't even do what you're going to do like what people expected you to do which was show lewd content behind a paywall so um how dare her i know but i think here's what's here's what's interesting about only fans and i think i could talk about this a lot because i think it's really fascinating but the reasons that i like it whether it's being used regardless of who's using it it's the same reason that i like patreon mm. and the same reason i like crowdfunded stuff which is that it it puts power in the hands of the artist and creator and takes power away from distribution companies or production companies or management companies. So the directness between the creator and the fan means more money goes to the creator, which means on net, you're going to have more creators able to support themselves as creators. Meaning we've got more content out in the world. So for that reason, I like it. I mean, I think about famously Radiohead, uh, the band released their album in rainbows and they made it pay what you want. Um, I remember I downloaded and I paid $5 and this was like iTunes era. This was like before streaming services after Napster, mm -hmm. LimeWire platforms. Um, I, so, so I love that component. Um, there's this fantastic podcast uh, that I listen to called exponent. And one of the hosts, Ben Thompson um, is, is what he does. He does something similar, but it's a daily email. And it's just his thoughts because he's an incredibly intelligent guy that now lives in Taiwan that has this daily newsletter called Stratechery. And he's so smart. And 
he keeps a hundred percent of the money uh because you just buy direct from him and so he's able to devote so much time and resources to it develop great content every day because he has to keep all the money now only fans they they keep 80 percent of the content um which i think is 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 pretty fair mm-hmm. considering only fans you know, or the, the artist keeps 80 percent. the artist keeps 80 okay. percent. cool only fans gets 20 percent cut um but again i like this for that reason it puts it cuts out the middlemen i originally thought about talking this on this podcast because i watched the 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 framing britney spears documentary on hulu that everybody's been talking I about, just heard about it, that one of my friends was talking good. about it so i would love to hear your thoughts on it because i haven't seen it it's good i mean it's just essentially she got taken advantage of by the system and eventually ended up in a legal situation in which her father is now her the conservator of her well that's just changed a little bit recently but he was the conservator of her person and the conservator of her finances and britney spears of course has this history of being this person that flaunted that she was in control of her own career but ultimately she wasn't and so i like platforms like this because it gives artists autonomy it frees them wayne like you were talking about from censorship because they're not broadcasting, they're narrow casting to only their fans that are willing to pay for it. So they're able to be more free. I love that. Um, it flips that power distribution. Um, I think what's odd though, that I, this is finally where I'll stop talking and ask you guys some questions. What's interesting is, so think about this. I, so I want to compare OnlyFans and Patreon to what I'm going to call aggregator platforms. And like, for example, a YouTube a Spotify, an Apple Music. I think there's even pornography sites that function this way where you pay the cost of admission and then it's a buffet. You get free range to consume as much content as you want past the initial paywall, but the paywall is for the aggregator. I mean, so this is totally different because you're not paying an aggregator to have access to all the content. You're paying a specific artist for their content. Um, I mean, and so... The kind of stuff that I'm curious about is I like this because it puts more money in the pockets of the artists. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems really different than the rest of the stuff that's going on, like Spotify, YouTube, uh, Netflix, whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you all think this is, is it just a sex worker thing? Is it going to become bigger in the future? What does it mean to have it be so different than these aggregator platforms? I what think it's, well, at first off, I think it's going to be bigger. Um, just because a lot of people want to have more control over what they're doing. And I mean, even YouTube and all that, like they've been, you know, deep demonetizing a lot of accounts lately for, you know, and that'll be, you know, most of it's been like political people on the right and the left, which I'm not a fan of. So a lot of people are looking for more places to, you know, broadcast their content to make sure mm-hmm. that they're able to you know keep saying what they believe in or keep speaking mm-hmm. their truth or doing their art the way that they want without being censored or controlled by someone else. So I think that that is a it's going to grow because of that, but I think that it's great that there's both of them are very necessary because you need the aggregated platforms so people can discover what they like. Hmm. And then once you figure that out, it's it's really good to have a way to, you know, show your appreciation and 
fund them more directly at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think that oh. it's really good to have both of them working together. Yeah. Because I don't think that anyone, for the most part, could just hop on to OnlyFans and expect yeah. to be really successful. You have to, people have to know you yeah. in some way from something else, most likely. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard for you to get a following. That's a great, that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that. So you see, it's not a matter of the pendulum swinging one way or the other. It's more about uh, sites like this will continue to grow. And maybe that means that the aggregator sites will diminish a little bit, but mm-hmm. really the equilibrium is going to be that they work together in tandem because, because that was one of my, I was thinking about, because like, what's the downside of these sites? And I was like, well, you can't go viral. If you're on OnlyFans or you're on Patreon, you can't go viral because that's just not how it works. There's a cost entry, but I hadn't thought about what you're talking about, Wayne, which I think is great. Um, do you think it's, is it, is it worse for consumers? I mean, it's better for, it's better for creators, but do you, guys, do you all think it's worse for consumers? It's worse for us. So I, I think it's, so I, I your idea of a pendulum, I think it is mm-hmm. swinging and I think it's swinging towards aggregators more mm-hmm. now at least um when you brought the netflix yeah. um because now every con um uh movie and show content creator or owner they are um out or they're creating their own platform for the yeah. shows like uh i think it was paramount was in the super bowl or something like that they're having a uh, platform come out peacock. disney plus yeah yeah peacock. peacock yeah peacock um disney plus is growing um uh-huh. But eventually, but your people just want, and I, I guess people used to pay for just like you know one fee, like the ultimate aggregator to whoever your cable company is. They aggregate for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now I think people are going to go. It's going to go more towards aggregation. People are going to want more stuff for their money because if you just pay like fifteen mm-hmm. bucks to Netflix and um, you know ten to Hulu or whatever, um, eventually they're going to want more for more content for that money so i think it's going more towards aggregators but i also see um the space for someone to and i think patreon and OnlyFans have have done it to an extent um for very specialized uh content because for me mm. podcasts there's mm. podcasts i really love I um that and i i didn't think of it I, I, like as wayne said about there can be both and both is good yeah. um for me like podcasts there's a podcast about basketball i really love uh dunked on they had to take themselves okay. private because you know uh advertisers they don't want to pay you per podcast they want to pay you like you know every week it will give you x amount of money but they yeah. were doing a daily podcast on how uh basketball is changing and went really in depth in their analysis but if they put five out five podcasts a week out, like they're not going to get paid for five, they're going to get paid for you know the week. Um, yeah. So they had to go private for that, um, but I yeah. I, mean, I love it because uh, it I gets my get my basketball fill for the day. Um, yeah. But I agree with Wayne. Uh, yeah. Both, and I think it is better for sorry. Back to your question, better for the consumer because you can choose to have that large amount of content and then um, dive deep if you want to. I just think yeah, there's not yeah. one platform that yeah. does it. Yeah, I think it's good for consumers because it gives consumers more power to decide mm-hmm. where their money goes. Like mm-hmm. uh, back in the day when you're paying for cable, 
Like you just pay for cable. You might be able to decide, okay, I want HBO or I don't. Yeah. But yeah, beyond yeah. that, you just have to pay what they ask you to pay. And you're supporting all these channels that you don't even watch. Now you have the ultimate like freedom to decide where your money goes and what you have access to. Uh, mm-hmm. So you could literally, for your entertainment, the only thing you care about is all breaks, no gas. That could be the only thing that you spend money on for entertainment for the month, like if that is really yeah. your desire. Or you can expand yeah. it out. You kind of get to choose. And also, there's plenty of things out there that are free. So, right. I mean, really, if you, if you want it, you can just look at YouTube. And then if yeah. you, there's certain things you really want to pay for, you can pay for them and get away with like 10, 20 bucks in content for the month and be happy with it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, I think, I think we all get it. Your, your kind of perspective way on them working in tandem is right. Because so I think about something like TikTok. I th- so I think like, for example, a t- TikTok and OnlyFans or TikTok and Patreon are kind of like the perfect pair because what's, what's amazing about or what's true of TikTok, it's not true about YouTube, is that if you post something to TikTok, it's going to get seen by a lot more people than if you just post it to YouTube, just because of how the recommendation algorithms work, because of time limits, um, uh, and and, the, and especially the time limits, can, and then this whole ad advertising apparatus that they've built around the content on YouTube, uh, to where YouTube just favors and rewards longer form content like our show, which we don't have any ads yet. That's fine. We'll get there. Um, so I, I see this future where TikTok and OnlyFans, TikTok and Patreon are kind of the perfect one-two punch to your point, Wayne, about the first one's about exposure, limited access to content. If you like it, you got a way to see more, kind of like Josh uh, and Dunked On. So I think that's I think that's cool. And I think, mm. I think you know, the, the, the economist in my head tells me too that what I like about Patreon and OnlyFans is the tiered pricing is also really important because like uh, I, so I, I pay five bucks a month for this all gas, no breaks guy. Uh, but I really, in my head, value him $10 a month worse worth. Uh, I'm sure people out there that value him $50 a month worth. Uh, and, and when you have a model where it just costs a CD costs $15 a super fan pays the same amount as a superficial fan, but in these worlds where they have tiered pricing, um, you can pay more if you value it more if you want to, which I think is cool because I think it's money that's not getting sucked up by labels and production companies and distributors. It's going straight to the artist. And what I like about it too is it just supports a whole bunch of different media, music, uh, you know, comedians, podcasters, yeah. pornographers. Uh, that's pretty cool. Do you think do you think OnlyFans can ever get over the stigma of being about pornography and sex work, or do you think it's kind of like we'll just wait until another platform pops off? Maybe Patreon will pop off even more. I, mean, I know Patreon uh, was big with like streamers too. But, I mean, can I OnlyFans get past that? I don't think it's that big of a deal. And the reason I say that is because I don't know if this is true or not. I'm gonna start off by saying that, but I feel Doesn't like I heard somewhere that. I think Pornhub is like the second most visited site on the internet after Google. Whoa. 
I, I, someone told me that I don't know. And the first most searched for search result too. That's no, <laughs> not true, but I don't know if it's true or not. Is it not true? Someone I don't told know. me I that. I mean, that makes sense. I, uh, there was a joke on that <laughs> show know. on HBO, Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. my, it's the hardest I've ever, uh, hardest I remember laughing in a long time. Was it the compression algorithm when they figured it out? <laughs> no, that was good too. <laughs> Nobody, but, <laughs> it's where that guy who owns the house, um, in like Ehrlich Bachman, Ehrlich Bachman, where they're telling mm-hmm. Ehrlich, you know, um, seventy or thirty-seven percent of the content or uh, on the <laughs> internet is por- porn every um, uh, every day, and he's like, <laughs> 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 he goes thirty-eight when I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> That is good. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even like say the joke. Um, uh, thirty-eight. So it was thirty-seven, but when he gets online, it's thirty-eight. That's thirty-eight. This is the quantity of yeah. Uh, He's got all these tabs open. <laughs> yeah. Can so so you think he can get past it? I mean, so for example, if I say if I told you in our massive audience, I'm on OnlyFans, I know what you're going to assume, right? So that's that's real stigma. Um, if Fat Joe tells you he's on OnlyFans, that's weird because of what you assume. Do you think it can overcome that, or do you think it's just, you know, kind of like uh, the live journal that's going to be I think it, by a Facebook? I think it can overcome it. And honestly, I feel like people aren't as, you know, I guess I'm going to say prude when it comes to stuff like that as they were like 10 years ago, in my from what yeah. I've seen. It seems like people yeah. are very starting to loosen up a lot. So yeah. if you told me you had an OnlyFans, I would probably just ask, so what do you do on, on OnlyFans? Like, just because I wouldn't know. There's people that do other things on there. Like, if, yeah. So, and you just, I mean, you do have the mustache for it, but. I know. I well, don't, and I just. I don't think know, that I would uh, assume that. Okay. Well, you I would assume that. that. Come on. You would assume that. So well, I have the well, maybe yeah, you know me yeah. well enough. You well, you know me well enough. A little bit, and I'm, that's why I would ask the question. But I think, but okay. But here's the thing: if you were a, I don't know, like action film director, yeah, and you had an OnlyFans, I would probably yeah. assume that on you're gonna have movies on there, like little short films or something that aren't necessarily yeah. pornographic. If you were a musician on there, I would most likely yeah. think it's going to be content about your music and maybe just your life and stuff. Cause you have fans. Okay. If you were just some random girl that I know who's mm-hmm. doesn't or guy do or, or gender guy neutral person that I know that doesn't do anything that you could, I could picture being on OnlyFans, I would probably make that assumption. But if yeah. you were like, it's like the artist, default and I'd be like, yeah, it just depends on what I think a person is likely to be doing that people so you think this one can you think only fans can go the distance yeah i don't see why not yeah yeah josh you have the opposite opinion i have the opposite opinion and um because because i think if like all the situations you laid out i was like oh yeah the artist the movie maker they're all making adult content in my mind if you say (laughs) fans um yeah or that's what they would be trying to do at least. And I was actually, I was going to ask uh, Trevor this. I was actually kind of surprised that 
other industries haven't used it or like uh, genres of film haven't used it for other things. Like you said, there was a comedian on it. I kind of expected mm-hmm. there to be more comedians on it um, mm. by now, just because of the yeah. way you pay for content and all that. I think that's pretty unique and valuable. What I think they probably should do is something like, um, I think it's match.com. I forget where like all these different dating websites are, have the same parent company and they all use the same similar platform. Oh, like a, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah, like yeah. a OnlyFans is adult content, you know. Only uh, so. Okay, so just have another or, platform that's basically the same exact same. Yeah, yeah, and no oh, one knew like geared Farmers towards only. a different niche audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, no one knew Farmers Only and and like Christian Mingle were the same company. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I don't know if those two are, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. But like have uh, something like that where they have very narrow customer base. And you just make a product that's mm. just for those people, like you know, maybe it is a comedian one or something. I don't I, know. Actually, I like that yeah. idea. That's a good point. I think that seems like a right solution. Well, and I think uh, to to just to address what you said about comedy, just because I I'm a big comedy and podcast fan, that you've seen a huge switch towards comedians going to YouTube, podcasters going to YouTube, unless they've signed exclusive deals with Spotify. But then what they'll do to, to, to generate even more revenue beyond ad revenue and sponsorship revenue is uh, they'll release directly their own specials, right? So you go to their website and you can rent the special for X number of dollars. And so they've completely bypassed the Netflix, Hulu, whatever. They still will do specials and content on those platforms in the way that Wayne described earlier, just to gain exposure. But really, they get a lot more money when they do more content direct to consumer. So I think, I think what you'll see is some platform that'll facilitate that in the future instead of all these people. Cause previously it's been really expensive for them because they have to like figure out all the web hosting. They have a lot of issues when a special is more successful than they thought because the traffic crashed the server. They have to negotiate these. It, they're kind of in the wild west. So I, I think you're right. I think eventually you'll see it. They've been trying to do it on their own. It's probably time that you have a comedy platform that swoops in. Um, and does it so i i think that makes sense hey, i like that idea <laughs> you guys yeah. want to start a business i'm in a programmer you know what? I, I, right. I, know, I know a guy that almost that, that that almost sounds like a business school joke uh <laughs> we can we can massage that and make that into a joke like hey guys i've got a great business idea but all we need is a programmer <laughs> or but i mean i think someone's gonna make money and i guarantee you there's some private equity firm behind OnlyFans now. I mean, it's private, so we don't know who's probably gonna do that. I think I, to be honest, both of I think the most important takeaways for me from what you all said tonight. We can say this before we wrap up because we've been going for a while. Is yeah, Wayne's idea of of aggregator platforms introduce consumers to content, and then these narrow cast direct to consumer platforms is where they make their money, and then Josh's idea that maybe this the stigma of OnlyFans doesn't need to be overcome because you can literally just clone the platform, target it towards a different niche, like say comedians in the future, and you're in great shape. Um, and I think it, it's a win-win because uh, it's easier for those people. They don't have to pay to build a team to figure out and get all these different partners to make mm-hmm. it direct to consumer happen. So I like that. Um, any final thoughts before we move on to our last and final? That's just the same thing, last segment. Clubhouse was a VC-backed um, 
company. Ah. Well, that's right. how they got big, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. I want to check it out. Maybe Wayne will be. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to invite you guys. We okay. can have a heat that moves uh, discussion. <gasps> oh. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really yeah. good. Yeah, I like live. that. Maybe we can do like, that for have, our audience. Yeah, have like a live audience. <laughs> or have like invite a couple <laughs> people into our discussion and we could just post it. Yeah. I'll call up Elon for a little bit. Have yeah, just speak hit him up and be like, hey, you want to be in our, uh, on our podcast? Hey, we're <laughs> like, how many followers do you guys have? We're, we're in the double digits. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know for sure. We're pretty exclusive. Yeah. Our clientele, we have a very small clientele. Yeah, it's very select. Um, very targeted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for our last segment, we don't have anything prepped, but this last segment's called Yay or Nay. And what we're going to do is somebody's going to toss out any subject. And we're just going to say yay or nay. Or there's a third middle category if you want to be that way. We got to say why also. Uh, Wayne, you want to toss out a topic that we got to yay or nay? All right. Um, Disney Plus. Mm. What do you guys think? Is it worth it? Do you guys have it? And if so, nay. what are you watching? Nay. 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 I why nay? Okay. What? No, it's a waste of money for Disney and consumers. Um, they just don't have the content base. It's kind of like Apple TV Plus. Like, content base is not there to make it worth it. I had it. I, I would just remember this. I had it because I got it free with my Verizon phone service for a year. I watched the first half of the first season of Man of the Mandalorian. I'm a Disney fan. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not a Disney fan. Well, sometimes yeah, you are. I'm a Star Wars fan. It, it was it was okay. I tried to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of which I was not a fan already. There's too many movies to get caught up on, and I I canceled it. So I'm nay. Uh, I just don't think they have broad enough content base. Um, but also, I'm not a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan or big into you know, Disney movie nostalgia. And I liked when I was a kid. So that's why I'm nay. Yeah. I was going to say nay, but I, I would understand if you were yay, because for the same reason, I was like, some, I, I enjoy the content currently on Disney plus, but there is not enough right now. And I was going to have a qualified yay. Like in the future. Okay. I should totally get Disney plus mm-hmm. to see all the, the <laughs> Star Wars and like Marvel content they're going to create. Yeah. They're um, making there's a lot not, of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. But you get it bundled with Hulu and ESPN Plus. So for me, yeah, it so is a not that much. I guess that is a yay. But Disney oh Plus has yeah, a, mm. oh yeah. I did. I didn't yeah, do that because I don't watch sports. But if you if you like that combo of things, that's a that's a pretty good deal from what I understand. Yeah, Wayne, what's I'm what's your? I'm your, a yay. I'm a yay. And so I'm a yay for a few reasons. Uh, first off, I like the I like the fact that I can just randomly decide to watch some like old random. Disney movie I haven't seen mm. since I was seven. You know, like mm-hmm. it happens on occasion, and they they have a decent amount of content even now, and the stuff they've been coming out with has been pretty good. Like I've been kind of into Wandavision. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting it's got that show. red guy. Yeah, it's got you know Vision, Wanda, 
and stuff. But it's it's actually really interesting, and it, I have a lot of questions about that show just based on the way that it's structured. I'm not going to ruin anything, but I I'm just wondering, like, okay, is this person real or fake, or how does this work? Because it's mm. a very different show like literally every episode up to this point has taken place in like a different decade t sitcom type setting right that's what i've heard yeah it's kind of weird but then there's also stuff going on outside of this bubble that they're in that's like normal present day oh okay but there's a lot don't spoil it man there's a lot of questions about like what's going on. I'm not spoiling it. Okay. That, that's stuff that you would know from just watching a commercial. Right. But it's just, there's a lot of questions where I'm just like, well, how does that work? What happens yeah. when this happens? Well, I wonder if you could, uh, if, if you could contact their support for those sorts of questions. Cause I mean, <laughs> I just to contact, see. Yeah. Contact, like, um, Contact uh, like Disney and like so Disney Plus support, yeah. Disney Plus support. <laughs> What's the deal? <laughs> What's the deal with Vision? Yeah, it's like press one for billing, press two for yeah. Uh, you you might try it. I mean, I don't know. I am not. I don't run yeah. their support. And somewhere. also, I, I like, I like a lot of the Star Wars stuff on there too. Like I got, I got yeah. to watch like all the old Star Wars movies. And, you know stuff yeah. like that there's a lot of good, good things playing you know, in the background and plus hulu so yeah that's what i have well, instead of cable it's hulu yeah yeah it's a different era man yeah. uh wow what an episode everybody good job um congratulations i'm trying to wrap up here wayne oh um, yeah we ran the gamut i know this is good i mean we're yeah. pushing an hour 40 um covered a lot yeah, good job to all of you. Thank you to the listeners. Uh, what other wrap-up statements y'all have? Bye. Smash that like button. Oh yeah, yeah. smash that like button and subscribe. And subscribe. And subscribe. And, subscribe. Yeah. and uh, find us yeah. on uh, what are the what are the audio platforms that we're on, Wayne? You, I mean, of course, and YouTube. We're basically so, like, everything that, that. Yeah. Where get us where you get podcasts at. Yeah, so anyway, we're not on Clubhouse yet, but uh, if Wayne opens up his heart and lets us in, it might be. But for now, YouTube and podcast platforms. All right, that's good. He's good. Bye, guys. Bye guys.